Mad Mag here, and welcome to another episode of Mad Mag's Curio Emporium. It is Tarot Tuesday, and today we are looking at the chariot. The chariot is the seventh step in the fool's journey, and it will be denoted by the Roman or Arabic numeral seven. We're talking about the chariot, and it is a culmination of your path up to now, which could in some ways be said about most of the other cards, but coming off of the lovers, which is recognizing that need for unification, chariot is the utilization. Now the chariot card can have a lot of different meanings. So you really want to lean into where it lands in your spread, the cards around it, and what the question is that the chariot has shown up to answer because that's going to better inform what specific meaning the chariot is giving you. This one's fun because you actually have two fairly different images based on two different decks. So the traditional um, weight rider deck, you have what is a fairly classical depiction, an individual in armor in a chariot and two creatures in this case it's sphinx but it can be a lot of different animals sometimes you see oxen sometimes you see horses you can see griffins it depends it can be mundane or magical creatures and oftentimes they are either very pronounced or very subtly facing different directions and they will be the different colors you've got the black and the white which magically speaking represents that opposites, that concept of positive, negative, male, female, that concept of duality. And nonetheless, this card represents the unification and the utilization of those opposites to move forward. In the Everyday Witch deck, you see a witch on a motorcycle and two different signposts pointing two different ways. So there are significantly different meanings between these two decks, and that will happen from time to time. Um, you have people want to diverge and have their own interpretation of what the chariot could mean, or any one of the, um, whether it's Jungian archetypes or steps in the fool's journey, however you envision it, they will have a different perception. And that doesn't mean that there's no value in learning a multitude of interpretations that can be applied from deck to deck because you will find the more meanings you become aware of and you learn for each one of these cards, the more meaning or the more detail you can derive from a reading due to that awareness. So I'm going to talk about the classical interpretations, which means we're going to be leaning more on the um, Rider weight deck at the moment or here up front. This is a victory card. It is a victory derived from utilizing the energy, the power one gets from the unification of opposites. Whether you interpret that as the power you get from wisdom, because the more you fully understand two opposing concepts, 
the wiser you are, the more you are able to have the better argument, the more you are able to develop the better strategy. Or it is a concept of like the fire and ice element. If we are talking about almost a battle, if we are talking about engaging in something that is fairly divisive, but you are equipped with what would normally be seen as like oppositional energies or powers, you are likely to be the one coming out on top. I game, um, I play D&D, so my character right now is is very fire-focused, which means if I am battling another entity that leans heavily with fire power or fire elemental, my abilities are not as strong versus if I'm battling a creature that is of ice, for example, they would be, they would take additional damage just because of the type of, of element I am using in my attack. So if my character was able to use fire and ice, the number of creatures she could effectively do double damage to increases. And likewise, your ability to drastically opposed concepts, your ability to either understand them or to competently wield them increases your likelihood for victory. It can increase the ground you cover as you are seeking to make progress on any specific endeavor. It's that idea of jack of all trade, master of none. Well, what if you just master two, but the two things you master are on different ends of the spectrum, you will cover significantly more ground. You will be more useful in a variety of positions. If we're talking about careers, you will be a more capable partner. If we are talking about relationships, you will be a far more viable entertainer. Think back in the day, some of the awesome movies that we had because the to get hired on to be in a movie you had to be able to sing and dance and act and those are three very different things and now we're blown away if we have an actor that can carry a tune in a bucket albeit but carry a tune we're like oh my gosh such talent well there was a time when there was a high premium placed on mastering numerous abilities and it made you more valuable. You could name your price when people wanted your services. And I'm throwing all of this out here as different perspectives. You know, think of the person, the lifestyle coach who is both a nutritional expert and who has their degree in, oh, I'm going to butcher it. Can kinesiology, ha ha ha, the movement, like not quite physical therapy, but somebody that can take both what you eat as fuel for your body and can also train you in the best way to exercise and utilize your body, that person can charge a higher cost for their services than somebody who is just a dietitian. And I say just a dietitian, all knowledge, it's all valuable. I mean, depending on the arena, certain areas of knowledge are obviously going to be more valuable than others. It's the people who know to major in political science 
and perhaps international studies. Well, guess what? That person is shaping up to be an excellent candidate for an overseas assignment, um, working for corporations that have um, multiple offices in various locations around the world. Do you get what I'm saying? It's that idea of it, it doesn't have to be exact opposites, but the idea of multiplicity, of unifying more than one skill set, more than one idea, more than one personality trait. When you're in a relationship and you and your partner figure out how to make your idiosyncrasies work in unison, that's how a power couple is born. When you are in a business relationship with somebody, you figure out, hey, are your weaknesses my strengths? Because if so, then I can shore up your weaknesses. You cover for my weaknesses. Voila, we have far fewer weaknesses and we have doubled our strengths. Keep that in mind. That is what we are seeing with the chariot. I'm throwing out a lot of examples to try to encapsulate this idea of victory gained through not just the acquisition or recognition or education in opposing ideas or skill sets, but then the mastery and utilization, the directing of. If this individual had not acquired two and was just staying with the singular, if this individual said, I will only practice quote, quote, white magic, there's no such thing, but let's pretend. And they say, I will only practice white magic. They are going to only make it about half as far in that chariot. They're going to make it about half as far and they are going to exhaust their resource twice as quickly versus having recognizing the value of the light and the dark aspects of magic of energy work and saying pull in unison we're going to I'm going to utilize that which better fits the situation instead of over exhausting my one singular area of magical focus pull in unison you're going to get twice as far and you are not going to exhaust your resources. So when you get the chariot in the reading, pay attention to what's going on around it. Pay attention to what the question is. Pay attention to where it lands in the reading. It is often a good thing. It is often saying, hey, you are harnessing what is available to you. You are utilizing what you have learned to get you moving forward. Now, the negatives that can come from this, it can be dealing with cognitive dissonance. There are certain things you cannot be, you cannot be a peaceful, tolerant individual and be okay with Nazis because it is not intolerance to refuse to allow space for those who wish to see the utter extermination of other people. And that is a, there is a big cognitive fallacy and a lot of discussion going on right now around the internet because it's like we forgot the fact that at one point we were all cool with 
beating up Nazis. Now we're like, oh, that's not super tolerant and super accepting. No, no. There is, there is space for intolerance. But if you are somebody who's like, I see the value in all people and I love all people. And therefore, I'm going to accept people who are okay with the genocide of others. Well, that's, that's a massive degree of cognitive dissonance. I don't know what brownie points you're trying to score, but you done gone and dumped some poison in the batter. Like nobody's going to be eating your brownies. You've messed up. And if the chariot lands in a reading where you are trying to figure out, hey, am I, am I making a mistake on this? Am I, am I trying to saddle up two concepts that really just won't play nicely together, that don't work together? The chariot can be informative in that way. The chariot can represent um, an abuse of power, all of the cards to, to one degree or another can speak to the abuse of power. And it is important to be aware of that. The chariot can say, Hey, are you trying to get revenge? Is, is that, is that the power you're going for? Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, like, but be aware of it because it is a very forceful victory. It doesn't just mean like, yes, I got the job. It can mean, Oh, it is time to put a stop to this person by any means necessary, but it can represent the kind of fighting where we're talking about like quarrels and disputes and maybe both of your critters really do take off in opposite directions and break your chariot. So make sure that before you hitch, hitch up and start using that energy to move forward, the chariot is saying, make sure you are owning this. Make sure you are exactly as skilled in this area as you think you are. Otherwise, you have messed up on tying those knots. You've messed up on hooking up those harnesses and you're about to lose your forward momentum in a big way. All right. So now I'm going to swerve over to the everyday witch deck where she's on the motorcycle and there's two different signs. And in this case, the chariot, it is still, it still means forward movement. It is still conveyance, but it is speaking to making a decision. It is saying, okay, you've put in the work all the way up to the lovers where we've got unification and now it's time to decide what to do with it. So there is still that message of forward movement. In this, it is speaking more to a choice. Now, the good news is it is speaking to both choices are good, which is frustrating sometimes, actually. It can make them more difficult. And so if you're doing a reading and trying to figure out the answer to a choice and you get this, I'm so sorry. Chances are it's saying, oh no, both choices are good. You're going to have to find a different way to figure out what your best option is. Or maybe you're being a little disingenuous and you actually do know what the best option is, but you're hoping the deck will talk you out of it or you're not trusting your gut enough. You're not being a good steward of the skills that you have. And the deck is saying, you know, yeah, you're at a crossroads. You know which way to go. I'm not going to tell you what you already know. You need to trust your gut. Pretty on the nose, pretty simple, pretty clear cut. I tend to use the first interpretation with most um, iterations of the chariot. So even if it falls while I'm doing a reading using the Everyday Witch deck, I'm probably 
depending on how the other cards fall out, I am probably going to use one of those previously mentioned interpretations of like, this is a victory. You are moving in the right direction. Um, and that is going to be a fairly consistent interpretation. But as we are seeing with this particular card, number seven in the fool's journey, different decks can have some variation. There are still similarities between the two, but this is where we become aware of the possibility of variations in the interpretation. And I'm, I'm glad it, it comes up now. And overall, like the everyday witch, um, deck tends to be more inclusive and a lot more gentler in a lot of its depictions and definitions for cards. I know I've mentioned, um, way back that there's a problem with too much like sort of Christian foundation and heteronormative ideology and things of that nature in the older decks. But I also feel like this is a case where I do like the older decks depiction and the more traditional interpretation of this particular card. And that's okay. In fact, what do you see? What is the conventional interpretation, like if the chariot just lands in front of you, what is your off the cuff interpretation? Do you typically interpret it the way everyday witch does? I mean, that's entirely valid. And I'd actually be interested to hear if there are a significant number of people out there that tend to see that in their reading versus what I went on and on about with the chariot. So let me know if you have any questions. You can reach out to me. I'm on Gmail at mad.mags.curious.emporium at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Mad Mags Curious Emporium or facebook.com slash madmagthewitch. You can find me on Instagram and obviously you can find me on Anchor, um, anchor.fm to listen to my podcast. And I really appreciate you turning in, hearing what I have to say, and we'll talk again next week. And in the meantime, find your balance. Be your best self and take no shit.